Daniel quaffed a mouthful of ale and watched Mercedes tuck into the hearty mutton stew the serving maid had provided for supper. Although he had to confess that tuck might not be the right word for the delicate way Mercedes wielded her knife and fork. Her precision was almost mesmerizing as she cut each piece of food into a neat, easily consumable portion before bringing the bite to her lips. She ate and drank and patted her mouth with a napkin with equal measures of refinement. Even so, he mused, as he leaned negligently back in his chair, that didn't mean she was anything more than a good mimic. He'd once seen an actress portray a duchess on stage with an elegance that would have impressed an Olmec's patroness. But when he'd gone backstage with a friend after the performance to meet her, he'd been astonished by the complete change in the woman as she drank and swore and displayed her more than ample physical wares with all the grace of a Billingsgate fishwife. Mercedes Wyndham might have excellent table manners, but they didn't make her a princess any more than they made him a king. He'd listened to her story of danger and murder at the hands of highwaymen intent on harming her, and although he knew there must be some truth to her tale, he wondered if there was more of the Minerva press about the events than actual reality. Someone had threatened her, though, that much was clear. She jumped at every creak and thump that echoed through the inn, and he couldn't forget the quiet desperation that had shone in her dark eyes, both downstairs and when she'd insisted he join her for supper. He wondered again who she really was, a down-on-her-fortune lady's maid, perhaps, or a squire's daughter who'd run away from home. For now, however, he would play along with her Banbury tale. More bread, your highness, he suggested, gesturing toward the wicker basket of rolls and the small brown crock of butter that sat on the table between them. No, she refused. I couldn't possibly. She paused, her gaze falling on the empty plate he'd earlier set aside. Are you sure you won't have any of the stew? It is surprisingly excellent, all things considered. He shook his head. As I said before, I ate earlier in the taproom, and have no appetite for anything more than the sale. He lifted the tankard in a silent salute, then took a drink. As for your remarks on the meal, he continued, once he'd set the ale aside, were you expecting to be served something less than palatable? Poached lamb's brains, perhaps, or pickled tripe. Her eyes widened. He rubbed his fingers over his mouth to hide a smile. Well, no, she ventured. I did not know what to expect, as I've never before dined in an establishment such as this one. Do some inns really serve? Her lip curled. Those dishes you mentioned? A fair few might to the unsuspecting traveller. But you've no cause to worry. We Scots only serve bad fare to Sassanox we don't like. We save the rancid haggis for them. She stared, clearly trying to decide whether he was jesting. Slowly she relaxed and smiled. Then it is good that you agreed to join me at table, so that the serving maid wouldn't ruin the meal. She wouldn't have dared. Or risk inciting my wrath, he added to himself. Earlier, before he'd come upstairs to check on Mercedes, he'd had another conversation with the innkeeper and the maid. By the end of their talk, they'd been left in no doubt that he would tear a strip off anyone who tried to cause Mercedes further distress, and that they were to see to it she was cared for with the same concern they would give a member of their own family.
Between the money he'd pressed into their palms and the non-too-subtle warning, they'd both agreed to do his bidding with alacrity. "'She seems a kind gal,' Mercedes remarked about the maid, as she laid her knife and fork neatly across her plate. "'She lent me these clothes and said she'd find a new gown for me to wear on the morrow.' Daniel raised the tankard to his mouth again and decided not to mention that he had been the one responsible for the new gown as well. At his behest, the maid had promised to visit the dressmaker in the nearby village as early as possible.